You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, people, Tex. Good evening, everybody. That was fun. 17-0, Green Bay Packers shut out the Seattle Seahawks. You love to see it. The, the uh, wide receivers had like 30 combined yards. That was nice. Uh, very frustrated DK Metcalf after the game saying, well, why did you get in a fight? I got, I'm tired of losing. <laughs> oh, just music to my ears, man. As someone who uh, lives in the Pacific Northwest, like the Seahawks games, for whatever reason, like the Bears, the Bears is fun, right? Because it's like punching down on a little brother. The Seahawks yeah. stuff is like that legitimately like impacts my life if we lose to these people. And <laughs> some of the most heinous humans I know in my life are Seahawks fans. It's just nice to get a W over them. Yeah, I've uh, I've had a couple trips out to Seattle over the years and um yeah, that that team's fan base is a special breed, so it definitely feels a little extra good to to get a win and then to, to get it in this manner, right? First shutout of the, the Russell Wilson era for the Seahawks um, since he took over in 2012. That was a big deal. Um, first shutout for the Packers defense since shutting out the Bills in in uh, Week Four of 2018 when they shut him out 22 to nothing. I, I had to look that up, and I, I couldn't believe that the year that Mike McCarthy got fired, the defense actually threw a shutout in uh, one of Pettin's first games. Um, but then the first, last one before that was the 9 nothing game against the Jets, the Super Bowl year in 2010. So um, certainly haven't seen this uh, from a Packers defense in a long time. And and just think about it, three games against Kyler Murray and the, and the Cardinals, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, and they've given up like 34 points combined in those three games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, this defense is legit as long as they're healthy. Um, that that yeah. looks to be more of a problem after this game. Uh, late in the game, Gary went down with the injury uh, to you know presumably his arm. Uh, didn't didn't look good by any means. Like even when he went down, they showed the replay. Like it looked like his arm bent so far back that it like opened his chest up. That, that wasn't great. Um, I would assume that he's going to be out for a couple weeks. And then uh, Merciless went down with a bicep injury. Um, he went from questionable to out pretty quick. Yep. That's weird. Cause you know, like bicep, in, like there's only a couple things that you can do to a bicep. And, and most of them are not good. Yeah. A lot of them <laughs> involve surgery. So that, yeah. that'd be tough. I mean, he, he was doing pretty well in this game too. Um, yeah, he had uh, the the first sack on Wilson in this game. He had another pressure to um, – I think he had the – did he have the pressure on the the interception in the end zone or was that um, – maybe that was Preston. But um, it might have been later on that on in that drive that, that he – or after he got hurt. But, yeah, he uh, he was active. I think he had I – mean, again, he had the sack. I think he had at least another one or two hits on, um, on Wilson. And um, yeah, he, he clearly has, has become that third guy in their edge rotation. And if he's going to miss time, obviously both he and Gary are going to miss time. That's going to be a, a major uh, difficult spot for, for this defense. 
yeah, Gary Merciless. And then already, you know, Zadarius, Randy Ramsey was getting reps there. Um, Chauncey Rivers is on IR too. Like just so many guys that like would have been on the 53 man roster at that position that are banged up now. And they're going to have to it, poach another practice squad guy this week, probably if, if those two guys can't go, you know? Yeah. I mean, or, or promote Tipa or, or, yeah. I don't know what else to do. Bring bring Ladarius Hamilton back, I guess. Right, because Ladarius Hamilton, they did release him. The Packers basically had three moves to make on their 53-man roster and had two roster spots for it coming into this game. So it was Bakhtiari, it was Rodgers, and then Yadam. Um, they brought all three of them up. The odd man out ended up being Ladarius Hamilton, who since, you know, Merciless has kind of taken over that third, that third spot. Um, has kind of fallen to the wayside. Uh, he's been a healthy scratch for a while. It's like him and Vernon Scott, I guess, is like the next guy. But yeah. I don't, I don't know if they can afford to lose Vernon Scott because he's only their fourth safety. A lot of times, like NFL teams will have that guy active on game day. The Packers have only played him three reps this whole season. Um, he was dealing with that hamstring in the summer. So, I mean, really, if if they if those two can't go and they need four, I mean, it really might be, hey, we're picking uh, Ladarius Hamilton back up and we're moving up Tipa. Like, there's just not that many options unless, you know, a right. free agent becomes available at some point, which I guess can happen. Yeah. <sighs> Bleak. Uh, Aaron Jones is also hurt. Um, by all counts, it sounds like a sprained MCL or something. The big thing, uh, Matt LaFleur didn't give any updates uh, in his postgame presser. That's not a surprise. That's kind of how he treats this, these things. Um, you'll probably hear it, you know, Monday, probably like midday when he has his presser um, is when we'll get any sort of uh, sign on like how serious these injuries are. I will say with the MCL, as someone who's had multiple uh, knee surgeries before, <laughs> just, just completely ruined my left knee. Um, if you hear MCL, the biggest issue with the MCL isn't the MCL. If you hear meniscus, that's a bad sign. Meniscus is the one where it's like, that's painful. Um, it's kind of like doesn't ever heal really like you basically go in and like scrape it out um but even then i mean it's a pretty invasive surgery so like that's something where it's like that would take a lot more time than just like an mcl sprain and as i recall jones had an mcl sprain a couple years ago one of one of his first two years i think in green bay um and i think it cost him maybe four games that that year uh if i remember right um so if it's it's an mcl sprain he'll play for the playoffs if right, exactly. Meniscus is involved. That's like yeah. all bets are off. All bets right. are off. Yep. So yep. that's the big one to worry about, I guess. Oh, that sucks. But, uh, yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, I mean, Dylan had a, obviously a fantastic game in, in relief and just in, in general, um, he was more effective running the football than than Jones was in most of this game anyway. But um, yeah, we're, we we got our first dose of Patrick Taylor in this game a little bit to spell dylan um obviously you'll see him a little bit more uh assuming jones misses some time the next couple of weeks and i think uh i think we're gonna see some some good stuff out of taylor because i think he's got legitimate you know nfl talent yeah and this is when the kylan hill injury hurts now yeah. too right where it's like this would have been like all right we're gonna get t- kylan hill reps the the thing too is like taylor is a little bit different of a back than hill like i think we kind of yep. know like hill is like scat back basically right right? where Patrick Taylor is he can like honestly do everything he can catch balls out of the backfield he can return kicks he can block I mean he's a big body guy he would have been drafted if it wasn't for uh you know the injury that he had coming out of the draft it seems like he's healed up now after that redshirt year last year he didn't even practice until like December of last year so it really was like we're basically just rostering this guy 
paying him so that he's healthy and, you know, 2021 plus. Um, so we'll, we'll get a good look at him. I mean, he looked pretty good in the preseason. He looks solid today. Um, Raquel uh, Armstead is going to be an interesting one because um, mm, he's, right. he's, he's the third guy now in terms of like guys who are healthy and he's on the practice squad. Um, he was just signed a couple weeks ago. I think he was signed when uh, Benkert got put on the uh, COVID reserve list. So it like ended up opening a spot on the practice squad and that's who they brought in. Yeah. And they needed that spot. Cause that was right after Hill tore his ACL against the right. Arizona game. So they needed that, uh, that fourth running back to, to start filling in. Yep. Yeah. That's who boy injuries, man. Yeah. Never, never fun. Um, also, never things to never do. Never mock the belt. No, Jamal, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams did it tonight after picking Rogers off the end zone and blew up in his face. As always, I am so mad that Jamal <laughs> Adams high pointed Josiah Deguara. Like that, just <laughs> just that like event is just going to be like deep inside of my brain, and it's going to make me worried about Deguara for like through the playoffs. Rogers also ripped him a new ass. Uh, earlier in the game yeah Just early in that game parked on him like God i don't damn. think I've, i i can't remember seeing a guy that rogers has screamed at more than deguara over you know all of this season basically his entire playing time this year deguara better hope like he's got like home security like his home security <laughs> is straight like adt rogers <laughs> might get him like when he's sleeping man like it does not seem like those two get along on the field like he is pissed at him all the time yeah tyler I, davis I, got a reception on like the first yeah. dude. that was weird <laughs> Just, again tight t- we'll t- we'll keep talking about it until the the season is over tight end positions weird man it, it is worth noting i didn't see them out in like 10 personnel very much mm-hmm. so like i don't know how much that was like a jordan love thing that like their third down plan for jordan love um yeah. versus like their third down plan post tanyan which was like hard to separate when jordan love was the first starting quarterback after the Tanyan injury. Um, right. So that's something to monitor moving forward. They did a lot of weird stuff where like, it was almost like the Eddie Lacy stuff where like, you know, Eddie Lacy would be in uh, out there and like empty and he's lining up on the sideline and everyone in the stadium knew it wasn't going to go to Eddie Lacy. They were doing that right. with like Mercedes Lewis. So mm-hmm. it was like, Oh yeah, we're lining up this way. And uh, we're looking opposite of Lewis and Lewis is just basically taking a body out of the formation. They did that too on, the Packers run a lot of quad stuff, which is like four by one. Um, they probably they might honestly do it more than anyone in the league, even though there's a little bit of an uptick in the uh, an uptick of it in the league right now. Um, they were doing certain stuff where like they would have like a tight end and then like four wide receivers opposite of the tight end, and they would just yeah. like sprint out to the wide receivers. And it's like that tight end doesn't even exist. It's just a body to to make you put a cornerback over there. It's kind of weird. Um, Rogers had comments about OBJ. His comments were essentially like. Yeah, I'm happy we were like involved, and that's all I wanted yep. it to be. And okay, all right, cool. So, th- not a sure. thing, not no drama. Yep. That's good. <laughs> Less drama in Green Bay. I, I love it. Right, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least we we know there was a contract offer made out there. Um, LA got a little creative with figuring out a way that they could actually potentially get OBJ some extra money, yeah. uh, working around the offset. So you know. And and now it works out for LA because Robert Woods just went down with a torn ACL on Friday in practice. So OBJ is basically going to be, you know, their number two, number three guy. Um, so it probably ends up being the best situation for him to have a bigger role anyway than uh, than he would in Green Bay. 
I did see a report that they were like, yeah, they're going to use OBJ situationally for like punt returns this week. And I was like, pain, <laughs> pain. It <laughs> could have been us. We could have had uh, him returning punts. Oh, uh, uh, man. Could have had the phantom, uh, the, the dumbbell fall on Amari Rogers' foot and send him to IR. <sighs> yeah. And uh, Equinamia St. Brown didn't play in this game. I guess we should mm-hmm. go over some of that. Bakhtiari didn't play. I don't think anyone, once he didn't practice on Friday, I think you yeah. know, the jig was kind of up. Like he's, he's not ready to play yet. Um, Kenny Clark obviously did. Stokes did. It was interesting. You know, Stokes is out there. They're rotating King and Russell Douglas a little bit. It seemed like to yeah. a certain extent, it looked like they were like switching drives, but at the same time, it was like what they were playing in those drives. Like, when King was in, it was a lot more zone. When Rasul was in, it was a lot more like man stuff or like man match stuff mm. where, you know, he's just in the hip pocket of the receiver and stuff. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, the good news is they got three corners that can play right now. And, yeah. you know, the last two weeks, wide receivers basically haven't gotten anything on them. So I'm, hey, yep. I'm happy with it. I'm happy I, for the past. I mean, since really like that Super Bowl team, right? Like it was first, it was issues at safety. And then it was issues at corner once they figured out safety. We got guys who could cover now, and I'm just happy. I'm happy about it. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, and, and hats off to King. Again, he's had a couple of really nice games since coming back from the injury. Um, Stokes, I think I saw somewhere he – I think he was targeted like four times in this game and gave up basically no receptions to wide receivers. Um, so – another nice game from him those I, I will say i think those guys are going to be tested a little more next week with justin jefferson and adam thielen than but then again i mean this was a great receiving core too with i mean metcalf and lockett have uh have been excellent for the last two three seasons so um i guess you can't really knock the the level of competition that they had uh this week um so yeah it's it's fun to see a complete secondary come together because to your point it has been you know basically all five spots in that secondary at a playing at a high level since probably 2010. Um, and the safeties had another great game. Amos with that great pick in the end zone. Um, that was, that Damn was a great, had another one too. He did. Yeah. Uh, got undercut a little bit on that one, but um, Savage with that play up the sideline to, I, I think it was, was it Swain? Um, yeah. The left sideline. I was like, Oh, that like recovery the fourth receiver. I was like, Oh yeah. no, that was wild. Yep. But yeah, his his recovery ability to to get in there and break that ball up was was tremendous. So yeah, I mean, can't say enough great things uh, about the defense. And then it was fun. Uh, it was fun seeing Seattle trying to find any way possible to manufacture some points and get on the board at the end of the game, taking a timeout after Preston gets a sack on the on last third pass long. rusher who's alive in Green Bay. <laughs> sacked Russell Wilson. They were like, we got to call a timeout with like 20 seconds left so that we can get any points on the board. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Your wide receiver had already gotten ejected and then tried to come back into the game. Like, I I don't know how he tried to, like, sneak back into – like, the announce – the the referee was mic'd up. You could hear him say, like, he's ejected. And then DK was like, (laughs) I'm I'm walking back out there. And then you see him walk back to the sideline, and, like, Waldron and, like, Pete are trying to talk to him, like, telling him, like, no – you can't go back. Like they literally won't let you go back out there. What are you doing right now? What what would it, what would have been the the penalty if a guy who had been ejected had somehow managed to get on the field and actually line up for a play? Like how how do you even it has deal to be with like that? a personal foul, right? It's got there's got to be like an, an unsportsmanlike or something, and and there's no way you can let that down count, right? I I, I don't know that it's ever 
I, I certainly don't remember it ever happening before. And, and obviously caught it before he got into the huddle, but yeah, that was maybe the, that, and then them taking the timeout, you know, before that fourth down, right at the end of the game, those were kind of the, just the, the, the cherries on top of this game. For yeah. Me. They were, they were just a mess. And then Pete, before <laughs> Russ could even talk to the media, Pete was like, yeah, it wasn't a finger issue. Like, Let's get ahead of that. He doesn't get to use the excuse of a finger. It's like, whoa, what is going on? And he's like, DK said he's tired of losing. He's like, that wasn't the finger. So Russ just sucks. Is it like, that's the uh, narrative coming out of this game after Russ is making his (laughs) list of like where I want to be if I were to be traded, not that I'm asking to be traded. All right. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) That seems like everything is normal and definitely not dramatic in Seattle right now. Also, last thing, maybe before before break, but I wanted to touch on uh, Pete Carroll throwing down his hand warmer as a challenge flag because he couldn't find his actual red flag. Um, that was another just, you know, perfect example of how how weird and dumb portions of this game were. They also had that. Uh, who was it? Lazard blocked someone and it was a legal block. And then oh, they got yeah. very mad about it. And then they just yep. basically called a timeout so that they could yell at the refs. It's not like they could challenge <laughs> it or anything else. It was just like, let me call a timeout so I can yell at this ref during the television timeout. And yep. then they ended up needing that timeout at the end of the half because of like a, uh, what was it? Like a false start or something? I can't remember. They got, they were in field goal range. They got pushed out of field goal range. It was a hold. To, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, was it was that phantom hold. holding call. That's what it was. Oh where yeah. Where Dean Lowry, Lowry just steamrolls over room. the guard. Yeah, yeah, Lowry just ran through the dude. That wasn't even holding. <laughs> I, I kind of feel bad for that. They got robbed of yeah. points a little bit because that would have made it, what, 3-3 at the end of the first yeah. half? Yep. Yeah, that was <laughs> – what a mess. Yeah, just keep your timeouts, man. Like, I know right. Green Bay burns their – I mean, we can't really talk about that because, like, Green Bay burns their timeouts like crazy on the offensive side. It's like, oh, it's one right. second. Timeout, we actually want to get into something else because we can't get a play da- run in a 40-second play clock, but – yeah, yeah, at man, least they you don't, calling a timeout uh, just to bitch at the refs? Come on. Geez. Well, and I, I actually thought for once that the broadcast, like officiating guy, Sterator, did a good job explaining why it wasn't a penalty, um, why it wasn't an illegal crackback block or anything, because he hit him low enough that uh, he didn't hit him up high and you know around the head area. So, um, and he clearly got him on the side in in the shoulder, so it wasn't a block in the back. So, um, yeah, made made sense to me. So. Good job, Lazard, on avoiding the flag there. Yeah. People and then causing a blocks. giant meltdown, yeah, on the on the Seahawks sideline. Just chaos. Absolute Jeez. chaos. All right, uh, let's take a break, and then we'll get into the vibe checks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. All right. Offensively, weird, weird game. Very weird yeah. game. 
first two red zone drives, I think, netted a combined uh, three points. Yeah, that, that's not normal. That field goal miss. I mean, we'll get into that with special teams. But what, what were your overall thoughts? Yeah, the AJ Dillon is awesome. I mean, that's that's my overall top line thought. Um, that fifty yard swing pass that he took, um, you know, r- running around guys, spinning around dudes, and and staying in bounds and and um, turning what should have been probably a you know a six yard gain for a first down into a fifty yarder was fantastic. Um, using Dylan at the goal line because they basically had no other choice, but then running him back to back on third and goal, like from from the two or three um and actually trusting him to to power his way into the end zone he ran through bobby wagner on one of those touchdowns he um, he ran through yeah he ran through tackles on both of them it wasn't yeah. like it was like walking touchdowns which yep. was kind of what we've been clamoring for on this podcast right. all year where we're like you have this dude who's a great inside runner a great you know off tackle runner why are you not using him at the goal line when you know at times the offensive uh the offensive play calling has struggled i would say um yep you know, in terms of getting points in and he finally got touchdowns. That's his first touchdown since the uh, Tennessee game got back to back. We got the double Lambo leap. So hopefully we see him more at the goal line. They did use, I mean, it was at the end of the game, but uh, just kind of to explain like what Patrick Taylor could do, I guess they did use him, you know, in, in the red zone. So that was kind of interesting. So it might not just be like AJ Dillon has to eat all of those like inside run reps, like Patrick Taylor can take some of those too. Yep. Yeah. And, and I know both of those touchdowns came with Jones after he had suffered that knee injury. So who knows, maybe that changed. The, I mean, it certainly probably changed the calculus for them a little bit, but uh, still was nice to see him, you know, get those opportunities and then convert on both of them. Um, and, and so that was exciting. So in honor of AJ Dillon, my, my victory bourbon tonight is in his honor. Uh, he went to Boston college, Boston college is the Eagles. And so therefore I'm drinking Eagle rare tonight as my bourbon of choice. Um, shout out to, to Matub for, for his, uh, since the Packers are now the number one seed in the NFC, they're number one with a bullet. So he was uh, very excited about breaking the bullet out for, for his drink of choice tonight. So cheers, wherever you are out here, Matub, I'm drinking with you. It was interesting too, that like just talking run game wise, the, the Guara stuff, it's the same every week now. So like the yeah. in, if he's lined up off of the ball, it's like counter. Counter is coming, and and they run it downhill, and they can run it with all their backs, and it gets like four, five, six yards if uh, every single time. If they break through, you know, a linebacker, it goes even longer. So yep. that's always nice to see. They were also doing like weird, like rapid, like it. It looks like the Shanahan stuff, where it's like the fast motion, and mm-hmm. then it's like a wind back, right? Where it's like not even. Cause like there's like zone slice, yeah. right? Where that guy ends up kicking out the defensive end, but they like full blow, like we're reaching those guys. And then it's like a lead blocker. It's like outside zone with a lead blocker, but that guy is in motion. It's, it's weird, but it ends up working. Like that's kind of their plan with Deguara, I guess is just like, he's a man in motion who also blocks. So it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, wherever he lines up, the run is going opposite of him, but he's yeah. also the lead blocker. It's kind of like a weird <laughs> way to kind of think about it. And they, they build some of their boot stuff off of that too. They had that one drive where it was Aaron Rodgers hero ball. And then yeah. uh, oh, I was man. like, Rodgers hero ball didn't work. It's going to be like RPOs and boot action and yep. zone and just every single play. They had like one drop back past that whole drive. They drove down mm-hmm. the field. Um, we're able to get some points. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's how this team operates. Like, I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of like what this offense is now, where it's like, yeah. we'll give Rodgers the one. 
if he can't make it happen on the one, then we're going like right back to the training wheels. And it's like, we are going to score points this next drive. Yep. Yeah. It, you, you absolutely called it there. Uh, and it, it worked out perfectly because that was that, that next drive was the one where they went down and got the field goal, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least got, uh, got some points up. So um, yeah, a couple of, I, it felt to me like Rogers accuracy was just off all over the place today um the the deep balls obviously i mean they have not really been there much of this this season um but those those back to back on those hero ball plays um first he overthrows i think it was mbs and then badly underthrows lazard on the one over the middle um i mean he has to fully stop and and come back to the football basically uh, and gets that one broken up um let's see looking at his his numbers, yeah, his his completion percentage was only about five percent under expected, which is better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think he ended up just just positive in the expected points added per play. Um, Wilson was just a, a train wreck. He was um, a mess. He he was a full blown mess. He was missing guys in every area of the field, including like yep. in the flats, which was like, holy crap! I mean, yeah. there were plays where DK Metcalf like. They would show him on the replay and it's hand, hand up and just yep. Russell Wilson just didn't get it to him. That's I get why DK was pissed, but like, I don't know. Like this is a everyone. Look, we just spent like two years where everyone's talking about the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. It's not like he's not a quarterback <laughs> in demand. You could certainly do worse than Russell Wilson. So I don't even know what you do there. Like I talked, I talked to Mina about on the, uh, our, the preview show intercepted, but like, under center, like they hire and fire these offensive coordinators like crazy. And under center, the offense changes a little bit. And then they go in the gun. And no matter what you do in the gun, like the Russell Wilson offense is going to be the Russell Wilson offense. We're like, yep. he's looking to run before he's looking to throw. And like he's finding sometimes he can like extend plays that way. But a yep. lot of times, like he's walking into the backside of his offensive lineman and stuff. And it's not good, man. It's not good. Like there are a couple of <laughs> times where like, Dwayne Brown was getting beat off of the line like instantly and Russell Wilson is just so slow to react to it and it's like you should you were drafted in 2012 like you should have a feel for like what an NFL pocket is going to be like at this point you know well and he's I think one of the the prime examples of quarterbacks or sacks being a quarterback statistic right I mean he's, he's sacked he's sacked so much so much more than the average quarterback and at some point he's got to recognize that he can't keep blaming the offensive line for taking all these sacks. I mean, it is clearly a function uh, of, of his play style and, and his pocket awareness. So um, Packers picked up three today. So good job on, on the edge rushers for, for getting home. I think he, he probably could have very easily been sacked another three or four times, uh, but slipped out of a few of them to, to scramble a little bit. Um, should have been sacked on the play that ended up turning out to be the Kevin King pick in the end zone. So he, if anything, he cost the, the, the Seahawks three points by not just going down and taking that sack and then uh, deciding to, to throw the ball to a very well-covered DK in that quarter of the end zone. I, I, I don't understand his thought process on that one at all. Um, getting back to the offense, cause I just realized yeah. we didn't do our vibe checks. Um, <laughs> getting back to the offense, that Rogers interception was kind of that cool. same type of situation yep. where, I mean, he broke out of it and he had the field to like escape the pocket and he's just holding on to it for so long. I mean, credit to him one for being able to extend the pocket, but the problem is like that ball was a bad decision. So Mm -hmm. uh, there was some sort of like feel to the game, but then also just terrible decision afterwards where it's like, yes, yes, yes. 
oh no 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 <laughs> which is kind of the opposite of russell wilson right where it's he's holding the ball it's no 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 yes <laughs> at the end of it. so yeah, yeah that was kind of interesting offensively man the vibe okay aaron jones going down is at least like a point and a half on the vibe yep not getting deep shots is another one and then rogers just looking off on accuracy is another one so what's that put us at like six six like six is fair yeah yeah i agree um still still need to figure out a little bit on that interior of the offensive line i'm i'm really hoping that we can get newman back Newman had a couple of them again yep this week. yep get get by terry back uh get jenkins you know either put him at guard and and move Runyon over from left to right or put jenkins at center and kick lucas patrick out to right guard whatever it takes to um you know, to, to get Bakhtiari on the field and then, you know, get, get Jenkins in there to, to somehow get Newman off. Um, I, I do think that's, and I think that's going to help the interior run game too. Um, I mean, getting Jenkins back in the middle, um, you'll get a little bit more push, I think, uh, in the run game as well as in pass pro. They had like two weird snaps too. I know one of them was a neutral mm-hmm. zone infraction, but yeah, just not something yeah, you the, like to see just weird snaps. No, no. I, we did, we deal with enough like operation issues on special teams. <laughs> I don't need this like seeping into the offense. Agreed. Um, defensively, just great. I mean, what else? What what else could they have done? I mean, it seemed like they really gave Seattle light boxes, which is why they had, the Seahawks had that one drive where they were just running the ball down their throat, and it was like, right. yeah, you're just gonna be able to do this, I guess, if you want to do it, but. The plan is, hey, you're not going to be that disciplined to be able to stick in this the whole time. Yeah, and that was kind of their game plan. Um, they were able to shut down the wide receivers. You know, Gerald Everett wasn't going to break you. You know, in the game, yeah. I think that was kind of proven. So, I don't know. Seemed like a good game plan. All the corners played well. Um, they got enough pressure to get things done. So, that was nice to see. Yeah, and I think um, I think it was Amos who said it after the game that they you know, once they realized they were able to at least contain the run game with seven guys in the box and not have to commit a safety down and they were able to just, you know, play that too high shell um, and keep both him and Savage back in, in coverage that, that made all the difference for for the defense. So um, again, both of those guys made some great plays on the ball. Um, if, if they're not doing that, if they got to commit a guy to the, to the box um, you probably don't get that pick from Amos in the end zone. Um who knows if Savage gets that play up the sideline. So um, really for me, the only, the only downgrade is the injuries on out on the edge. Um, We'll see on Gary. um, I'm more optimistic that we get him back sooner than later, as opposed to merciless. Um, I'm, I'm be very concerned that merciless is, is season is done um, just based on how quickly they ruled him out and the the nature of that injury. Um, So yeah, that's the only uh, the only major area concern for me. Otherwise, everything else everything else was tremendous. Yeah, it was just an overall very good game and a good three game showing, really yeah. for for Green Bay. Um, this was kind of a little bit of a change of pace, right? I mean, you you could see how you know Disley and Gerald Everett um, how they were used in this game compared to the Chiefs don't really have a tight end like in terms of a true right. tight end. Arizona doesn't really have a true tight end, you know, now that some of those guys are banged up and Zach Ertz is, you know, functionally a wide receiver. Um, Washington was kind of the same way, right? Remember mm-hmm. they were using Ricky Seals Jones, who was a wide receiver for Texas A&M um, as their tight end. And he was lining up like 
in a wide receiver stance, even when he was like in the backfield for them. Like it was kind of <laughs> weird. Like the, all, all the, they basically played like three spread teams in a row. So they checked the box of, yeah, we, we know how to play defense against spread teams. And now they got that change of pace of, they probably hadn't seen a, uh, offense this heavy probably since like Chicago, Chicago. I would say. Yeah. yeah. And they struggled a little bit with, with Chicago anyway. Like that game was tighter yeah. than it probably should have been. So yeah, it was nice Komet had a nice game for Chicago against against Green Bay. So, yeah, it was just nice to see them play against, you know, heavier personnel. Um, just because they hadn't seen it in a couple of weeks and they, they did it with the light box, too, which was even nicer. Yep. You know, they, they were out there real early with the dime stuff like that mm-hmm. first that first third down was like third and like five or something like that. Third and five, third and six. And they were out there with three safeties almost immediately. Um and I thought that was kind of surprising because usually that's, you know, those pressure packages that they use are usually only like on for sure 100% passing downs, which like third yep. and six is like seven borderline, plus, yeah. I guess. Yep. But they, they were adamant like, hey, we're going to play light. And they executed. Um, yep. It's got to be nice for those guys that like one, there's rotation on every level of the defense. Like they can get guys in, they can keep their legs fresh and that they're winning um, with their like original game plan and they're not having to change in game. You know, it, yeah. it's not like the uh, Detroit game where like <laughs> Jared Goff is just back there, no pressure at all. And then, you know, right. it switches at halftime. Like this was a, you know, from point A to point B, like this was their game plan. They executed it. They got it out with a shutout. Like that's got to feel great for them. Definitely. Yeah. It, th- some of the personnel stuff I did think was interesting. Um, I saw a couple of, couple of times they lined up with a little bit of a, um, almost like their old NASCAR package with, with three edge rushers. Yeah. Uh, I think they put either Gary, I think it was Gary, either Gary or Merciless um, inside next to Kenny Clark and then had both Merciless and, uh, and Preston Smith on the edges. So getting one of those edge guys to, to be that interior rusher again, uh, which I feel like we haven't seen much of these last couple of weeks. They've been doing a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the two sticking with two interior linemen for the, the nickel and yep. two or three and in, in some of the nickel stuff. Um, so to go back down to, to the one true lineman um, and some of those pressure packages was, uh, was interesting to see them go that, go that route. I don't know if they'll be able to do it again the next couple of weeks though, with the injury issues that they're having, because obviously they got out of doing that when, uh, when Merciless and Gary went down. Yeah. Their, their edge rusher situation is going to be weird. I wonder if, because with those bodies out, even in the run game, like that matters so much. If you only have four yep. guys down at the line of scrimmage, like I wonder if they go back to like kind of what they were doing when they were experimenting with like Jalen Smith. And then they got out of it with the three defensive tackle nickel stuff where you only have one inside linebacker in like that stuff does protect your edge rushers to a certain extent, just because there's so many heavy bodies inside that like it yep. dissuades you from running. Like I wonder if they get back to that. Cause I wouldn't be opposed to, Hey, you have backup pass rushers in essentially. And, you know, you have to use a four man rotation. How about we just make sure they don't run inside on us. How about we make sure that when we do, when they do pass that, you know, there's five pass rushers coming after them. Like, I don't think that's the worst idea. That might be what they have to do for the remainder of the season, at least until these guys get healthy. Cause I don't know, man, like the, even the guys that they have right now don't have that much juice. Like, I don't think, Ladarius Hamilton, if he does come back, um, was bringing much to the table. Um, what's his name? We didn't Garvin see much is, of anything out of Garvin. Yeah, Garvin's like fine. Like he he's okay. And then like Tipa, Tipa 
the last preseason game, which I guess is like the last time we got to see him, he got his butt kicked a couple times. Like he's kind of more of a guy that you benefit more from him kind of playing that Preston Smith role where like half the time he's dropping back into coverage in those type of looks. I was going to, I was going to drop the Kyler Fackrell comparison for, for, for Tipa. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing. But you can't have him and Preston on the field at the same time. Like you can't have both of those guys. Like those are guys that play opposite of, Gary opposite of Zadarius. Like the, the problem is now you have an injury to Gary and Zadarius and Whitney Merciless, who you brought in yep. this season. Like that's when those cluster injuries start to stack. I don't know. Let's see if we can uh, create some drama and get some uh, some veteran to uh, demand a release. There you go. Season and, and sign with Green Bay or something. Yeah, what? Who's uh, who, who's who's on a terrible team who who wants out and wants to go chase a ring? Let's let's see. Melvin Ingram has gone. He's in Kansas City already. Uh, there's got to be a couple of these guys out there. Let me look. Texans, Texans can't have anyone. Now we Jaguars, already got Merciless out of there. Uh. Jaguars have uh, Josh Allen, but he's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Jets don't got anyone. Nope. Dolphins probably won't do it. Giants don't got anyone. Washington? Washington might be uh. our best bet. Uh, problem is, so all their, everybody on that front is still on rookie contracts, so they got no yeah. leverage. And Chase just got hurt. Jeez. Chicago? I mean... Let's do it. Khalil Mack, come on down. <laughs> do I think Khalil Mack is the only guy who like even has a chance. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think oh, it's happening man. guys. I don't think it's nope. happening. You got to get nope. someone to come out of retirement. What is uh, Alden Smith doing? Let's see. Like we got <laughs> We got to start scraping the bottom of, of the barrel to figure out who can rush the passer. I mean, oh, they were man. joking about clay earlier in the off season. Right? Oh man. IG posts. Like they said, he's a farmer now. Like how bad do you want to farm, bud? Come farm these sacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. I mean, San Francisco got anybody left on uh, on the edge other than Bosa? I don't know. They they do, but they keep adding guys. They just picked up. Yeah. Uh, they just they traded for Omenahue at oh, the uh, right. deadline. Like they have him from Houston. Jordan Willis was a third round pick. Um, he got picked up uh, from the Jets a couple of years ago, and then uh, he was ended up being banged up for the first half of this year. They have Arn Key, who is like that phenomenal pass rusher from LSU who's like just a pass rusher though like he's just an athlete he probably plays like 230 pounds and then Samson Ibukam who played for the uh, Rams so they have they they hoard them that that's it's unfair honestly that San Francisco (laughs) hoard all these like depth pass rushers and they just don't use them at all should be like a a fantasy league where you've got roster limits at specific positions or something if only this league had a salary cap, right? I mean, damn. I guess defensive vibes, like eight, like 10, 10 for on the field performance, minus two for the injuries, because the yep. injuries are a big deal. Yep, for sure. That's what I'll go with. Uh, special teams, Mason missed the first field goal. It didn't look like an operation issue. That just right. like the wind took that damn thing. Like yeah, that, that, that thing, that thing sliced right as it got to about the goal line, and it just took a hard right turn and, um, Looked like looked like he was on on target. Um, like you said, operation looked just generally. It looked smoother today. I didn't see any issues um, with the snaps or the holds. I think there was one low snap to Bohorquez on one of the punts, um, but he was able to to get that and uh, without any issue. So um, he had one good good, good job, like Stephen Wordle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he had one really good punt that went real deep, and Yadam just chased it down like yeah. instantly. Like he was right there, forced a fair catch. That was nice. It was nice to have him back out there as a gunner on the punt team. Yeah, especially with – I mean, they needed it with Equinemius St. Brown out too. Like, yep. that, that's a big deal. 
Um, yeah, that might have been. I mean, that might have been part of the reason why EQ was was inactive today. They knew they weren't going to get him much action on offense, and and haven't yet him back to uh, to play that role on special teams. Maybe that was what gave him the um, made him feel comfortable with deactivating EQ for today. The other thing too is he had an ankle, and like you need that guy to be fast. Like he's yeah. gunning down punts. Like I don't want you at eighty, even eighty percent. You know, like, yep. you got to haul haul butt. Um, Amari did okay. He did fine. He did. He didn't drop any. He didn't drop any balls, and he didn't let any balls hit the turf. So that's he a step up from last that week. I thought he was gonna die. There was one that I thought he was gonna die. <laughs> yeah. like he he caught it, and the dude was right there. And I was like, "Damn, fair catch that one." Um, uh huh. We've seen him fair catch balls with a whole lot more space than that one. It just seems random when he when yep. he decides he's gonna fair catch or not. He doesn't ever look like he gets going full speed. That's Agreed. the other thing. Like he's, he's and, always going eighty percent, even at like his his top speed. And, and I would love to see him just commit to running north south immediately at some point. Um, every ball that he fields, he ends up starting his mo- momentum towards the sideline. Um, so someday, maybe he'll actually you know cut up field immediately. Um, I don't know if it's just that his eyes aren't uh, you know his eyes are deceiving him for what he's seeing in some of the lanes or or what it is. Punts are like weird too because I feel like if you gave me the opportunity to run a punt or run a kick, I'm definitely taking the kick because I at oh, least yeah. I know the bodies are not going to be right in front of me the moment I touch this ball. Like punts, you're tracking the ball up and then your eyes have to snap back down instantly. Like you almost have to like feel if a defender is going to be around you or not. And you have to like trust some of the blocks around you. Like that, it's not very fun. As hard as we are on Amari, like it, it's not a fun job. Let's it's a tough job for sure. Yeah. Um, Malik had a nice uh, kick return, like the opening mm-hmm. kick return. Um, that's really the first time I've noticed him as like a returner this season. Not not in terms of like he's out there. I'm aware that he's out there. He's been out there the last two games, but that's like the first kind of play that he's made, I would say. Yep. Um, that was nice to see. Uh, the other special mm-hmm. teams thing I want to talk about. Thank you, Pete Carroll. I love you, but it, like, just keep punting to us on fourth down. That's oh great. my god! It was like fourth and an inch, and he was like, "Nah." And then the very yeah, next cause... drive, it was in enemy territory, fourth and two, and he just punted it. Uh-huh. All right, so this is what today's gonna be. Yeah, that was, uh, and that that first one was the one after they moved the moved the chains back uh, yes. to to rule Wilson short, right on that that very first drive. That, that they were like shocked. Romo won. Romo yeah. sounds like he's hot, having a lot of daddy sodas. Uh, in the parking lot <laughs> before he goes into the booth. Yep. But two, he was shocked when uh, the uh, special teams was coming on the field. He was like, they're punting it. They're punting it. So <laughs> I, I'm sure I, I looked at Twitter as, as soon as he said, you know, the punters going back on the field and you could see all the Seahawks fans reacting the same way. It's like, oh, here's the same old Pete. Yeah. yeah. Same old Pete. Yeah. We all, we all had the exact same reaction in, in the APC slack. I know Ryan and I both instantly, as soon as that team came back out there, yes. Thank you, Pete Carroll. Um, I don't want to give the special teams too high of uh, vibes because I'm still scarred from last week. Yeah. You know what? I don't trust it unless you give it to me two weeks in a row. So I'm going to go like seven, seven, just because you haven't earned it to, have a that's great above that and have me not look like a jerk the week after. I, I was I was gonna I was gonna stay even lower than that. I was gonna be still at like a five. Like, okay, that was an acceptable performance. Nobody really screwed anything up except for the the one field goal at the beginning, but um I'm I'm still feeling some lingering effects from last week against Kansas City. So I'm I'm gonna stay 
uh, stay right in the middle of the road at a five. Um, I want to talk about the playoff picture. If you're down to yeah, talk about it's, the playoff it's picture. It's time. It's time to start, man. So 538 has a uh, – they project Green Bay to make the playoffs over 99% of the time. They project them to win the division 95% of the time. So just basically count That's, that. That seems kind of low to me, but okay. (laughs) It would have to be Rodgers gets hurt. That's the only only way that this even becomes a conversation again. First round by number one in the NFC, 40%. Ooh. 40% because the Cardinals lost. They got a lot of help today. Cardinals losing today was big. Buccaneers losing today was nice. Um, We'll see what happens with the Rams and 49ers tomorrow night. Um, But, yeah, this – I mean, they're they're back in the number one spot thanks to thanks to Carolina beating Arizona tonight, which uh, which was good. Um, also, that 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 win over Arizona two weeks ago, we knew the tiebreaker was going to be big. Um, I certainly didn't didn't expect that Kyler Murray was going to be out for two games after busting his ankle in like the second to last play of that game. So uh, that has also ended up being a, a pretty big after effect of uh, of that game too. Um, also, like, how I, bad are the Niners? Because the Niners got the brakes beaten off of them by Colt McCoy last week, and then Cam Newton yeah. has not been like <laughs> returning to the Panthers. Let's be very clear: the coaches who are there have never seen Cam Newton before. Like, they've yes. never interacted with Cam Newton until this week. He had uh, like two red zone touchdowns or something. So, yeah, goodness gracious, Arizona. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to make of that team because they always kind of felt a little fake to me. I was always more worried uh-huh. about. The Rams, the Bucks, even yeah. the Cowboys. The Cowboys, the thing with them is just like, dude, Dak's been hurt three times already. Like, I just yeah. If tell me what Dak is going to look like in January, and I'll I'll let you know how I feel about the Cowboys. But that that's always been the big hang up with me. And to a certain extent, yep. I mean, this is the second year that we've gone from Kyler MVP candidate in uh, September and October to yeah, he's banged up. It's November. Like, he's just. Yep smaller dude he's not built the same way that like russ is either and he doesn't avoid hits right. the same way russ does so like this just might be who kyler is like what if he's a good quarterback who isn't made to play an 18 week nfl season like yeah be perfectly well and and arizona's missing so many guys too it's not just kyler it's hopkins didn't right. play today it's chase edmonds is out watts out for the rest of the year so they're Hudson, missing a lot i think of... it's still on ir too yes he's yep. a hall of fame center like that matters when you have yep. a backup quarterback in yeah, so they're they're missing a ton of guys, but even so, they should have been more competitive. Uh, they shouldn't have been losing to a 500 Carolina team by 24 points. No, no. With all due respect to uh, the XFL's finest, PJ Walker, that that shouldn't <laughs> that shouldn't have been what happened. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think LA is the the Packers' strongest competition for the one seed at this point. And again, we're gonna we're gonna see them two weeks from tonight. In, so in Lambeau, thank goodness. The uh the way it plays out on five thirty eight right now, it's Green Bay forty percent, Cardinals twenty, Cowboys twenty, Rams fifteen, Buccaneers five, and then everyone else is less than one percent uh for the first round bye, which I I feel like is a little bit surprising still, just because we we are still in a league. Everyone's already lost twice and it's only yeah. November fourteenth. Like it should be on paper, you know more wide open but the nfc just in terms of the talent like you actually look at these teams like those teams have just clearly separated themselves from the pack um that seven seed is going to be bad i mean as long as the packers (laughs) get 
as long as the Packers get the two seed, I feel like I'll be fairly happy. Uh, definitely yep. want the one seed. I mean, that bye week is huge, but whoever that seventh seed in the NFC is, like, they're going to be absolutely gross. Like, it might I mean, be the Falcons who can't. They're not good. They're not good. Yep. It might be the Eagles. They're not good. Like, it, I mean, right stuff. right now, the Panthers, I think, are sitting in the seventh seed. If yeah, I'm that's gross. The math, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Cam Newton started playoff games for the Panthers <laughs> off the bench after he was cut in the summer. Like, what a weird, yeah. what a weird league. And the other thing, too, the AFC isn't looking any better than the NFC. Like, I don't even know if there's a contender in the AFC. I, I well, still the, think the two most well-rounded teams are the Raiders and the Browns. And the Raiders are currently losing. Uh, it's halftime of uh, Sunday Night Football, as we're talking right now. And the Browns got the crap beat down of them. Because, like, you yeah. look at the Titans. Titans got, like, all sorts of, like, injury stuff going on uh, offensively. Julio Jones just went on IR. Derrick Henry's on IR. Um, yeah. They haven't really been healthy at all this season. And then in their secondary, they were awful the first half. They looked better the second half. But, like, I think the Titans' record, a lot of it has to do with the fact they just play the AFC South. And then the other team that people bring up is, like, the Bills. The Bills can't run the ball. The Patriots have no team yep. speed. The Ravens can't stop the pass for crap. Yep. Two was lighting them up on RPOs. The Chargers every, can't stop every the run. One of those, every they one of those teams flop. in the AFC, exactly. They all have a, a crucial, critical weakness. And it's going to be crazy to see which team comes out of that conference and, and plays in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, if you could give me, you know, g- generic odds on, you know, the NFC representative – versus the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Give me the give me the NFC minus 10 right now. Whatever teams come out of those those two conferences for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would take like if if they gave the money line and I'm sure they'll probably have it uh at some point on like DraftKings or something like at the end of the night, but if it was like minus 200 NFC, I'm taking the money line on that. Like yeah. I just I really do think like the Super Bowl is really going to be the NFC Championship game I think this year. Yep. Um, unless Agreed. unless Tennessee or Buffalo or I guess New England, like really start getting it together. I, I don't even know what New England could do to prove it to me because they just don't have speed. Yeah. Like, I'm just not worried about them. Like they're the Packers without MVS, without Devontae, without and, Aaron Rodgers. And, <laughs> like, right. It's still with a rookie quarterback. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good uh, going yeah. into this. Like that love game uh, was a little tough pill to swallow, but a lot of things have broken right for, for uh, green Bay recently. Um, the Cowboys, even it looked like they were going to struggle with Atlanta early on, um, and then not so much, not so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, they Pretty woke up that a one from bit, Atlanta, but, but oh well. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll fire up the usual stuff this week, so we'll uh, be back at it after Minnesota next week. Yeah, keep an eye. Uh, tomorrow we probably should have injury updates on the big three injuries that happened today, so keep an eye out on APC for that. Uh, take care, guys. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 